Waiting on you, family. Ready? Yeah. You guys ready? You good? You got all you got all your materials? I have my brain. That's all I need. Okay, he's out. <laughs> you got all your stuff? Got Gotta carry it this time. Got my playbook right here. Okay, so it's up to me. All right, here we oh, go. Oh, really? Where's your stuff at? <laughs> uh-huh, yes, you pointing to you is not making your case. And now you're pointing lower. I'm using this as the intro, so I'm not going to say it. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to another McKinley Week special here on the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell here with Hank Piper, and joining us tonight is a good friend of ours that is currently assisting on the Maslin coaching staff, uh, Andrew Heck. So we're glad to have him here with us. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Andrew? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Glad awesome. To be here with you guys. Okay. So I mean, before we really jump into the X's nose, you know, uh, we we can ask Andrew a little bit about you know some of his insider knowledge, what he's been doing with the team so far this year, and then we can jump right into it. Uh, so if you wanna you wanna take it away from there, Hank. I mean, yeah. So uh, what's your job on staff this year, Andrew? Well, basically, it started out with um, I just kind of had the idea to maybe help out in some way, you know, try to get some experience because I, you know, would like to be a coach in the future. So I saw Coach Moore and went up to him and was like, hey, is there anything I could do to help you guys out? And he's like, well, yeah, sure. I'm sure I can find something for you. So, you know, I just started, you know, going to practices over the summer. And <laughs> um, Coach Lino actually kind of you know, took me under his wing a bit because I really didn't have a whole lot of, you know, football expertise. Actually, and I, was, I was more of a baseball guy. So, uh, Coach Lino, I was with him pretty much all summer and for the first part of camp, kind of learning that uh, inside linebacker stuff. That was really uh, interesting to learn. So, and then it's just kind of been, you know, looking at a behind-the-scenes operation of, you know, what football is really all about as a, you know, kind of an eye-opening experience for me. So it's been, you know, really fun. Everybody's been really welcoming and just really enjoyable experience. So. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely awesome to hear. You know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're able to go in there and, you know, help contribute, uh, you know, maybe in a couple months, you can say a good word or two about me and Hank. Right. Uh, but <laughs> you know, uh, for the meantime, you, you can kind of be a little bit of our inside guy, you know, we're, you know, obviously don't want to give too much away, but, you know, he has a good look at, you know, some of the things McKinley has done. Uh, has probably seen a little bit of film, I'm sure. Uh, so to go with it, you know, we can get a better understanding of this team we're going to be looking at, you know, later in the week on Saturday. Uh, so offensively, you know, what collectively have we seen? Well, you know, what do we know about them? Well, you know, from what they said at the Booster Club meeting, uh, they like to kind of live in four wide, not quite what Louisville did because they do have some heavier sets, a so little bit of tight end, fullback. I think uh, they even had a couple plays with a double fullback similar to what we do. Um, but usually they, you know, four wide. I think um, Coach McConnell said they like to stay in two by two, three by one, or even a little bit of empty, you know. Um, you know, the... They like to toss it around. I think uh, smash, sail, um, and slant were their favorite concepts, which, uh, you know, I think we went over smash before. That's quick hitches outside, corner outs from the inside guys. Sail, we do that a lot. I think Jaden's had a lot of success with that, with us running it this year. Uh, you know, outside guys kind of run skinny posts, inside guys, quick outs. Their run game, they like to 
they're a big fan of that uh, counter tray that East St. Louis ran, you know, with uh, both the backside guard and tackle pulling and leading. They'll read the end a little bit so, you know, the quarterback can pull it and take it uh, around him if he wants to. They use a little bit of jet action off of it. Basically the same play as to what East St. Louis killed us with, but I don't think they have quite the athletes they that East St. Louis did, so it shouldn't be shouldn't present as much of a problem. You got anything else there, Andrew? Um, yeah, they're definitely a spread team. They the quarterback can run. He doesn't really want to run. He'd much rather you know throw the ball around. They um yeah they love the counters. They love on um, passing game. What you can see is especially against the defenses that will give it to him. They'll just throw quick outs and just quick routes all night long. If you're going to give that to him, which I we won't be doing that. Um, so, you know, if we can play tight on them, make them throw into tight windows, I think that could probably pretty well, you know, negate that sort of thing. Kind of like what Lewis felt like their whole thing was on timing and hmm. getting to a spot. And then if, you know, take them off their spot, then your guy's standing in that spot. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of a similar concept to what Louisville did. You know, they're they're going to run a lot of shorter routes. You know, with four, even five receivers, and they try to get the ball out quick. They try to get it to some of their playmakers on the edge, and you know, let them break a tackle or two. And they always have the chance of going the distance. You know, every now and then they will throw, you know, a deeper, a deeper pass. Like you said, they, they throw some of those posts. You know, maybe down the sideline. Uh, everything's run through their quarterback. I mean, like you said, he doesn't like to run as much as he likes to pass. That's really more part of the system that, they, that they're doing this year. He ran more last year than he did this year. Uh, he's committed to play football at Army, which, if anybody knows, they don't throw the ball very much, so you're going to be more of a runner than a passer. No, uh, college, so, college Perry, but talented. Yeah, so he definitely has the ability to run. Uh, so don't take that away from him. Just kind of with the system that they're using this year, he, he likes to pass a little bit more. Uh, I mean, he, he's got a decent arm. It seems like he puts the ball in a good spot. Uh, at the same time, I think he's been a benefit of scheme. He's had a lot of short routes that are wide open. He's had a lot of deeper routes that are wide open. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure if he's able to throw into a window very well. Um I mean, he, he's a, he's really a, be- a lot of hitches, a lot of screens. They try to get their guys in space, those wide-open posts. I mean, he throws a good deep ball. He puts air under it. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see too many, like, crossing routes, too many elaborate pass schemes where, you know, you, you're expecting your quarterback to, you know, really thread a defense. That's not what the design is. Uh, at the same time, I mean, when it comes to running, they only really have one running back that they use. Uh, they do do jet sweeps, jet motions back and forth a lot. You know, it all comes down to trying to get their athletes the ball in space. You know, more than even the traditional McKinley team. They're, they're really trying to space the field out this year. Yeah, they have a couple guys that they like to use in the jet sweeps. One a lot more. And he, um, I think it was him that at the Booster Club, Coach Moore and uh, Coach McConnell, they called him kind of a, uh, He's he can be a, he's a big play waiting to happen you know it, he makes one guy miss and he's down the sideline and he's gone Ky- the, Kyrie Woody yeah number 12 yeah he's he's a dangerous player someone to look out for but you know if just if you make your tackle and uh read your keys right you, we should be able to bottle him up um what you were saying about you know kind of the system their offensive coordinator this coordinator this year uh coach Badre he was Maslin's OC f- uh, 2012, I think, through the end of the Jason Hall era. And, you know, you saw 2012 was one of our highest scoring offenses ever. Not 
not like this year is, but still a very high-powered offense. I think Kyle Kemp, he thrived in that kind of thing. It, I can see similarities, you know. It, he likes to stick with, you know, he has certain concepts he likes. It's a lot of, there's some air raid stuff in there. Spread the ball around, like you said. And one thing, you know, specifically with, I don't know if he's changed it up. I think I, you could see a little bit of it on film. But to where our offense, Maslin, we call the play in from the sideline. We signal it. Everybody sees that signal. With B's offense when he was here, and I think when he's what he's doing now too, is all the skill guys look to the sideline. They see the signal. The quarterback tells the play to the line. He you know he calls it up there. So if we get loud enough as fans, we can disrupt what they want to do. It should be a packed house in there. So I mean, being loud should not be an issue on Saturday. And um, as far as um, Curtis, the quarterback, he didn't definitely definitely seems like a rhythmic passer, you know, especially on those outs, and it's all timing. And he's got a solid arm; he he make, he, he gets it out there pretty quick. But you know, if you're disrupting that timing and you know putting yourself in between him and the you know that receiver, he's gonna have double clutch, and then he's gonna be searching, scrambling around. Then you know it becomes a much different ball game. Yeah, real similar to what we did against Louisville. You know, if you kind of get up in the receiver's face and just disrupt the timing a little bit, you maybe bring some pressure onto the quarterback. Uh, when you can break up that timing, you know, it really messes up the whole, you know, the whole play itself. You know, so with Louisville, anytime we got the quarterback out of his normal drop, uh, you know, that's when he tended to, you know, throw the ball a little looser. You know, maybe into coverage, we got some interceptions from it. Uh, so I'm not saying that same exact thing will happen with McKinley, but you know, with their line, they don't have a huge offensive line. They like to spread the ball. They like to get it out quick. So just based off of that, it seems like you know we almost be saying kind of the same concept of what we ran against Louisville. Probably press the receivers a little bit more, force them to break rhythm, and uh, maybe put pressure on the quarterback as well. So I mean, that's kind of what I'd be looking for on Saturday. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the Louisville kind of, we laid out our game plan of how we can beat this offense. I think just in general, with especially most of the Federal League opponents they played, that um, they like to play off a lot more. So just our base, you know, press quarters coverage would present a problem in and of itself. And um, B, he, uh, when he was here, and I think it was more we had the personnel to run it, he, he had a very extensive screen game. It's not something they have really shown yet. But, you know, if they have the guys that they think they can do it, that might be something else to look for, and that's a big blitz killer. So it, it, you'll see that as kind of the chess match on the field. Yeah, that's one thing I was, I was thinking about earlier. Uh, the way that I, I figure we're going to play defense against them, I would expect McKinley to run a few more screens against us, you know, try to, try to catch our press, you know, catch us slipping in a press. If you can get one or two good blocks, against that press defense you might be able to break break a screen open so i mean i would expect them to do that to you know try to make us play off a little bit more like you said maybe we won't be able to blitz quite as much if they're sprinkling sprinkling in a screen here and there i I mean like we said they do like to go a lot of four wide sets so they have four receivers that play a lot Uh, at the booster club meeting they talked about you know three of them mainly uh one of them transferred in from saint v Uh, Jalen Ross. uh, Yeah, Jalen Ross. He was good last year for St. V. Uh, He's good this year for McKinley. Uh, They have, was it Kyrie Woods? Yeah, Kyrie Woody. Kyrie Woody. 
Uh, so he's the one that he's a big play just waiting to happen. You know, he's going to get the ball. They're going to get the ball in his hands. He's going to break a tackle or two and try to go the distance. Uh, the third receiver is actually the coach's son, Reardon. Uh, he has an offer from Akron. Uh, he's he's just a sophomore, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I from what I saw, I, I didn't think he was quite as good right now as the other two that we mentioned. Uh, solid, you know, looks like he's know what he's doing. You know, he has, he has an offer from a D1 school, but he, he wasn't quite as explosive as an athlete as uh, the other two players we mentioned. Uh, they really only use that one running back. Uh, the thing that... I see is that's going to hurt McKinley is that they have a few players to go both ways, and we'll get into that more when we talk about defense. Yeah, um, you know, like you said about their line, that's overall they're not the biggest, but they do have a couple, you know, nice sized bodies there. I think one guy's like three hundred five. That the back the one guard. Yeah, think, yeah. guards three hundred five. So you know, it's overall like they don't have the average size like we do, but they still have. They're not you know tiny like say Sun Valley was and I mean their offense is they're going to get people in space they're not really going to try to bully you down the field they want to get the ball out to the edges they want to get the edge on you and then just take it to the house so that's their game and it worked obviously against the fed teams but we're not the fed yeah they, they saw a lot of loose coverage against federal league teams um and to be honest just a lot of defenses that aren't as good as ours so I think our game plan going into it's going to help, but just the overall ability of our defense is going to be something that McKinley hasn't really seen this year. I mean, they they scrimmage St. Ed's, they scrimmage St. Ignatius before the season started, and I mean it's been a long way since then. They didn't look great against either of those teams, but at the same time, McKinley's really you know they are trying to find themselves early in the year. So it's yeah. not the same McKinley team, but when they did play some of those tougher teams, you know it didn't look pretty for them. No, and honestly, their offense looked, like you said, like they were trying to find themselves a lot. Um, it, they were running some under center stuff. I Their their center, really, he didn't have the shotgun snap down. It, they all look bad. He still doesn't. Um, they still don't? It, it's pretty uh, – it gets to be a lob sometimes. Not all the time like it mm-hmm. used to be, but he still has his moments where it's a, it's a shot put. Well, the thing they do, it's um, it's actually called a dead ball snap. You yeah. know, a traditional shotgun snap is you just have your hand on the laces and you literally throw it between your legs. With a dead ball snap, you actually put the point of the ball in the middle of the palm of your hand and you just kind of lob it back. You know, so generally that is an easier way to snap a football. Um, it's not as comp, it's not as technical, say, as a normal shotgun snap, but. The downside to it is you can never get under center with that. You know, you can't because you'd just be handing, trying to hand the entire ball in the most awkward way possible between basically, your legs. Basically, end over end, yes. like a kickoff rather yeah. than a spiral. Well, not even end over end. When you with those kind of snaps, it's just, usually the ball just kind of like hangs in the air where mm-hmm. it's just still. It, it's usually yeah, I, could, I could see it um, disrupting some of the timing on their. Um, you know, Jets. Yeah. And a couple of plays against Hoover, I believe it was. And, you know, it's it should be easier, but if he still doesn't have it down, then it will disrupt some time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we saw a snap or two that, you know, really hung up. And if that, like you said, would have been a Jets sweep, it, it would not have worked. The snap right. took twice as long to get back to the quarterback than it should have. Yeah, I think if we can just, you know, maintain our discipline on defense – 
the the scheme and the plan that McConnell and everybody's going to put in, they're going to have them ready to go. It's just going to be a matter of maintaining eye discipline and, you know, not letting, you know, yourself get too caught up in the moment and just go out there and play the game. And if we do that, we have more talent than anybody they've seen in the regular season by far. And I think our scheme is going to be much better. And, you know, the discipline of our players inside of that scheme is what's going to make the difference. Oh, yeah. You know, you we've been uh, a suffocating defense all year, you know. And I think we're just going to see more of the same of that on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, just like any year, you know, it's it's up for grabs what's going to happen in the game. You know, you can always predict which team is better. Um, but on paper, you know, it really seems like our defense is going to work well against our offense. I, I think there's a lot of reporters out there that are, you know, maybe overhyping McKinley's offense. You know, they do have some playmakers, that that's for sure. Um, but they, they've also benefited against, you know, some of the weaker defenses in the Federal League. And uh, not even a weaker defense, but the personnel doesn't match up well against McKinley. So I think uh, our athletes in space are going to do a lot better job than what some of the teams McKinley's faced so far this year. Oh, yeah. And even not just McKinley, but for really most of the year, I'll straight up take our athletes over their athletes, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can tell watching, you know, teams like Hoover, you know, Perry, all these other teams that you, you can watch the film of. It's like they just don't trust that their guy is going to not get run past. So they got to play him eight, ten yards off, and then you just canned them free yardage, you know, letting them walk down the field, kind of do whatever they want. You know, Dick takes the whole Dick takes the whole team game for them. So, and it's just, you know, they don't trust their kids. Yeah, I it, think, you know, I'm going to take Tyree running against anybody. Yeah, and, it, and Max on the other side, I'll, I'll yeah. take him running with anybody also. So Yeah, I mean, our, our athletes in the secondary, you know, as well as – you know, like like our Sam linebacker, Kashad Mack. You know, we, we have a lot of speed on the outside, and we're definitely not afraid to to line up against a receiver. You know, whereas, like you said, some of these teams, Lake, Green, Hoover, Glen Oak, they, they were the almost fed. afraid. They're all scared. Yeah, they were almost afraid to kind of line up tight against those receivers just because they're, they're so afraid that they're going to get beat deep. You know, where is with us, we, we're used to it, we're trained well, we have a lot of speed. You know, we're not going to be afraid to get up tight against any team in the state just because we have so much experience and speed on the outside. So that's why, you know, on paper, it seems like a lot of these bread and butter plays that McKinley's been doing all year, it just, it seems like we can negate them pretty early. Now, you know, obviously McKinley's going to make adjustments. They know that we're better than some of these other teams are playing. So they're going to change things up and so will we. But, uh, you know, what they've done so far this year, you know, it, it's definitely a task that our defense is up for. And just to put a bow on it, um, you know, like you said, we have the team speed and the talent to be able to play like we do. But it, I don't think it's just that, you know. It's a mentality that we're going to play black swarm defense. You know, we're going to get up in your face and we're going to make you make the harder play. Yeah, I think the whole mentality, you know, with this defense is, I know mean, a lot of teams, not necessarily massive teams, but like, like oh well we're gonna try to hold them to 21 or something like that and this thing's like we, we don't want you to get a first down we don't want you to like it doesn't matter if we got a first string in or a fifth string we don't want you to score a point so i mean the whole mentality of excellence no matter who's on the field and then you know the everybody's getting coached just as hard you know then the standard to perform doesn't go away 
and we want to shut everybody out and that goes for this week too yeah you know we talked about like sun valley where whoever gets on the field they're playing their hardest and like what you said about having setting the bar higher with Louisville, our second string kids they were still going for the shutout you know it, they weren't just we weren't just letting them march down the field and kill clock we were trying to stop them and it, it ended up working yeah, I mean that whole black swarm mentality. You know, we brought back a few coaches that were that played back during, you know, the black swarm era, and they've really instilled that into our kids now. So you know, they're always rallying to the ball. If you ever see a ball thrown to a receiver on the outside, you can bet that there's going to be four or five, six defenders all running towards him. You know, whereas if you look at some McKinley film earlier in the year, you break one tackle, and there's no one else there. You know, and that, that's just by nature won't work quite as well against us because even if you do break that first tackle, we're going to have three or four more guys rallying to the ball, and that's just how the defense works. I mean, yeah, you could even, like in that Sun Valley game, the one touchdown they did score is we just happened to miss three tackles, but we still had three guys there that were in the position to make a tackle just based on their hustle. I mean, unfortunately, they couldn't get it done, but, you know, there's going to be guys getting to the ball going as hard as they can on every snap. Yeah, I think there's been more than a few instances all year that I've talked about on here, a guy just making an effort play, chasing someone down the sideline. It's a lot of times been Tyree because he's got the speed to do it, but still it you, you see players constantly just making effort plays where – a lot of other teams, you, you just kind of see him jog into the sideline. I mean, you could um, you could just look at the Louisville game when Max got turned around in the double move. He didn't, you know, hang his head and be like, "Oh, I got beat." He chased his that he chased him down and you know took him down and with a face mask, but still he brought him down and, and they he, made the stop. Like we you know? said about that earlier, you you bring him down, how you bring him down? Yeah, you just don't let him get in the end zone. Yeah, and you I mean you never know when that's going to be the difference maker. You know, in the Louisville game, that was a difference maker between being a shutout versus not a shutout. But you never know when you're going to have a close game, and that one score is going to make a difference. I mean, yeah, they could they could have fumbled the next snap. We pick it up and go for a touchdown. You know, that could be against mm-hmm. you know a much bigger opponent. Yeah, I mean, in the Louisville just, game, it turned into a fourth down stop on the goal line, so they didn't get any yeah. points out of it. A great hustle, but you know, even this week. It could be the game deciding moment. You know, you might only win by two points. You never know how it's going to go, especially early in the game. Just that mentality of everybody rallying to the ball, never giving up. You know, it, it definitely pays off. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, I think the whole you know defense. Just speaking for the defense, they you know they take pride in getting shutouts and not letting people score. And they're going to put them. They're going to put their body on the line in order to stop you from getting in the end zone. Like you said there, you know, it's it's pride. You see in East St. Louis where we have to make a crucial stop and, you know, force like their only punt of the game or their turnover on downs. That is just as important as holding a team to zero, you know, holding that shutout. It When our pride is that strong that it's a make-or-break situation, even if you're beating a team by 41. It's, that's just another thing that sets this team apart from, I think, anything I've ever seen. All right, yeah, so, I mean, that's really how we think our defense is going to match up against their offense. You know, now to kind of reverse roles, you know, we're going to discuss McKinley's defense, uh, what they've been doing, what we think they might change for this week, and, uh, you know, how that really relates to our offense in a whole. Yeah, they run a 3-3 stack. They change it up. They've always kind of been a 4-3 team. Uh, This year, I think they 
Reardon said early in the offseason that they just didn't have the bodies to have a full rotation in a defensive line. And you see that a lot in high school that teams move to more, say, uh, say a lighter defense, like a 3-3 stack. And so that's what they're running this year. I think they base out of a cover three. You know, it's we see it in Glen Oak, Fitch, a lot of teams, uh, even Montclair tried to play us like that. Um, and it, the Glen Oak game, honestly, we gave the blueprint of why you shouldn't run that against us. So they run a few kind of different fronts. I know Coach Moore said you might see a little double the eagle, which is basically means two, three techniques. And you'll have two guys outside the ty- uh, outside the tackles too, but a uh, little bit of bare front, a little bit of that base three three stack. But you walk down the outside backers, kind of outside the tackles on the line in the alley right there. Um, honestly, though, they're gonna have to basically change up everything they do if they want even a snowflake's chance in hell of stopping our run game. Yeah, I think they're you know. I don't really see any lining up in that base front and actually stopping us because nobody else has been able to. And it's just not like they have so many better players. So I think, you know, I, I would expect a lot of different things, a lot of new stuff that we have not seen on tape. But, you know, we've been preparing every single week for every opponent for new things and things that we don't see on tape. So it's not, nothing new. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I know Coach Mazur is going to have the offensive line ready for any, any type of front that they see. And, you know, they're going to have any sort of play call to come up with, you know, to stop blitzing. And I, I feel pretty confident in that group. Yeah. So when it comes to their defense, you know, they run that 3-3. And, you know, even if they do mix up what they run, I think the bigger issue that they're going to run into, especially as the game moves on, you know, something that, that all of our opponents run into, but now specifically McKinley in this instance, is both of their defensive ends also start on the offensive line and they never come off the field so they're going to be really tired as the game goes on especially if they do run that 3-3 where we're going to run power right at those end players all game long and they're going to be constantly getting hit constantly getting beat up we're going to run right at them and then they don't come off the field then they play offense and they got to go against our defensive line all game long and just as the game goes on you know, whether they mix up their front or not, I really think those players are going to get worn down. Uh, behind them, you know, Coach Moore said their linebacking crew is probably the strongest part of their team. They have some pretty decent linebackers. Uh, so they're, they're going to help make up for it. But I think if you can really establish dominance against against that defense line, the nose tackle is pretty good. Um, the ends, not saying they're not good, but the fact that they got to go both ways all game long, it, it's eventually going to wear on them. Uh, one other thing that got touched on at the Booster Club meeting is one of McKinley's cornerbacks is five foot five, 135 pounds. Um, not that he's a bad player, but the idea is that they're probably going to have to sub him out for one of their backup corners just because of the height issue against our receivers. And the backup corners for McKinley are also the starting receivers. So that's just one more playmaker that's not going to be able to come off the field and get a breather, you know, because you either have to sacrifice a five foot five player matching up against either Ballard or Morgan, or you have to have one of your best playmakers on the field the entire game. So that's something they're going to feel out as the game goes on. Just one more thing to look for. I mean, 
We solved that, though, at the Booster Club meeting. I can't believe you even brought that up as an issue here. You take that 5-5 corner, you put him on the shoulders of another defender, boom, double coverage. Yeah, I, I, I think at that point there's a they're going to have a hard time keeping up with, with our receivers. Uh, the height might not be an issue anymore if you put him on top of another corner's you shoulders. Just, yeah, you took away the jump ball. We're good to go. It might work in the red zone. Yes. I still think we could out-jump him, though. Yeah, you're right. So that might not work. <sighs> Back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, good luck. Yeah. Really, though, they um, they like to live out of a cover three zone type defense. Um, and I think you'll see we'll attack that uh, very similar to how we attacked Austin Tom Fitch. Uh, you know, lots of vertical concepts attacking the inside seams. You'll probably even see a little bit of uh, Morgan and Ballard both at the slots. Um, if they want to try and change it up and go cover one, you know, man up with the single high safety, just you still have Morgan on one side, Ballard on the other, and you, lefty just has to pick whichever side of the safety doesn't want to go to, and you got a one-on-one matchup. And again, I'll take our athletes over theirs any day of the week. Um, I was talking to Don Engelhart of, you know, he runs the MassonTigers.com website. He said he thinks that they'll try and run a little bit more man, or at least that's kind of the vibe he was getting. And if they've kind of lived and covered three all year, so they might be able to change it up better than most teams have against us. So I would expect to see maybe a little bit more motion from us to give, uh, to give us a tell of what they're running. You know, you motion a guy across formation. If the defense just kind of bumps over their zone, if a guy follows him, man. So that's just something else to look for. Yeah, I think we could definitely throw in some new looks that they probably have not seen. New, you know, personnel packages. You know. I know we lost obviously Adric Ford early in the season, which is a big loss because he was our leading statistic wide receiver. But you know our backups are Kaishad, Dean, Tyree. You know they're not slouches; they're you know either big or really fast or both. So you know I'll take those guys one on in one on one. If you want to if you want to man up across the board, I think I'll I take our chances. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think uh, in general, you know, McKinley's defense really doesn't pose any threat that's going to change who we are. You know, we're still going to go out there. We're going to try to establish the run game. We're going to force their defense to stop the run. And when they commit to that, then we're going to have some one-on-ones on the outside. You know, we're going to be able to throw the ball around on them. That's what we've been doing all year. And I don't see us changing that this week. I don't see us changing that any week. You know, just with the how dynamic our offense is this year, it, it's going to take a very good team to be able to take away both. And so we're going to stick to the run. We're going to maybe put some heavy personnel in there. You know, we're going to have our fullback beating up on their linebackers, beating up on their ends uh, all game long. And then we're going to try to catch them slipping with some deep passes, some crossing passes, whatever it may be. I mean, that's been our MO all year, and I don't expect it to change now. So, yeah, you know, like you said, I think every – team's uh, defensive game plan against us so far this year has been stop the run or at least try to stop the run and hope they have a bad passing day which up until this point you know we've been pretty uh pretty successful at taking what the defense gives us and even kind of forcing the issue sometimes with the run game and still being successful in with that too and as well you know someone brought it up earlier that how you know, changing stuff up for this game you know you saw us last year we came out in a tight end for the first time all year so that might be something else to look for you know we 
I think everything we've ran this year up until this point, we've been pretty successful in. There's been a few things we kind of like previewed that, you know, we haven't seen really much of at all, but I would expect us to come out with something that McKinley hasn't seen before on film and either a flash or two, but, or how extensively we can run something. But that, that's just one more thing to look for. Yeah, I think the the offensive staff has definitely shown all year that they have the ability to either they already have the answers to what the defense is going to throw at them or they can quickly come up with an adjustment and put that in either in-game or at halftime and then, you know, come out, come back out the next drive and be able to execute that, you know, and move the ball back down the field again. So, and they'll always have more things up their sleeve. They're always drawing stuff up and definitely uh could be some exciting things happening in the near future that's coach speak for there's going to be some exciting things in the near future exactly this is why they don't let you on so when it comes to the unknown of the game one unknown aspect of mckinley's game is you know really their special teams not only do they mix it up a lot but it's pretty inconsistent as well um, so, I mean, they do have a kicker now, so, you know, he can make some field goals. Uh, he's he's going to put a few kickoffs into the end zone every now and then. Uh, so he has a decent leg. Uh, when it comes to their punt, it seems like they change that up every single week. And even throughout the game, they do a different punt. They like to do a lot of rugby punts. Uh, what we've seen on film, not a lot of their punts are returnable. Uh, whereas, you know, that's nothing new to us. We don't get very many returnable punts by any team. So we're probably going to try to get after them, maybe block a punt or two, especially if we can catch them off guard in that rugby punt. Uh, you know, either force a really quick shank kick or, you know, get a block. Uh, they, they do have a few mix-ups on field goal or PAT where they have a few fakes that they run out of it. So uh, definitely something that we'll be prepared for. Uh, a lot of our stuff... Our returns are just going to be our regular base returns, maybe adjusted a little bit on their personnel. But uh, you never know what to expect from them on special teams. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be, you know, news to news to us as it will you when it happens. Yeah, you know, I, uh, it was uh, Jar. Coach Jarvis was explaining at the Booster Club. He called it, you know, a flavor of the week punt team, I believe. And it's just... Like you said, you, you don't know what you're going to see walking into it. They seem to have a kind of a base formation, but beyond that, what they do out of it, you, you really don't know. The rugby punt, you kind of you can expect that just because they're only going to have him doing that if that's what he's better at, you know. So, it, like Rob said, you're going to find out when they find out when we find out. Yeah, the, the one thing with their, with their punt unit is uh, their punter is – you know, Reardon's kid, he's a receiver. Uh, he's also a quarterback, so he can throw the ball pretty well. They've done a few fakes with their punt team um, just because, you know, he is an athlete. He is a quarterback. He's able to throw the ball. He can run the ball. So some of their fakes have all gone through him, but, you know, not anything that we won't be prepared for. No, you know, Jar, he does a good job with special teams overall. I think we've, do, we've been excellent in that all year, and, again, I would just expect to see more of the same from us. Yeah, we definitely don't skip through special teams in practice. There are no jars out there every day for an extensive amount of time. Call it the rain delay. But, you know, he definitely does a good job with that. They're, you know, the kids are going to know 
what the options are, you know, what our plan is and what the, you know, the other teams possibly can do. So I, I think we should be ready for that. Yeah, I mean, a wise man once said that special teams will either win or lose you one game a year. And, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if that's happened. I mean, I guess you could say the uh, the big mistake by East St. Louis, you know, kind of uh, turned this, the tides of that game. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean it can't be done again. So, you, you know, you got to take it very serious. And even as the season goes on, you know, that's that's a third of the game. You know, points are made or lost on special teams. So there's a reason why we take it so serious. Yeah, and you know that it's on both sides of the ball too. Like like you said with East St. Louis, their big mistake, our almost mistake with that high snap that Clark got up high and caught and, you know, managed to get off. That was just another example of how special teams can change a game. Yeah, especially with their, you know, you know, they got some athletes back there, especially on their return game. So, you know, if you're not in your lanes, it's going to be a house call for them. So you definitely need to be disciplined on that, just like, just like you are disciplined on defense and offense. You can't take any plays off. Yeah, they definitely have the athletes. You know, that's kind of how their offense works, getting their guys in space. So they definitely take full advantage of that, you know, on kick and punt returns. They, they love getting those kids in space. They have the ability to go the distance at any point. So you have to be really fundamental, stay in your lanes, like you said. And, you know, that, that's something we've been doing very well all year. So we'll have to keep that up. Yep. I think that's about all I got on my end. You boys? That's all I got. I mean, that's, that's pretty much a pretty full in-depth review of McKinley's offense, defense, and special teams. Um so, I mean, I, I think we went over that really well. And you know, I'm just excited to see all the fans in the stadium on Saturday. And, you know, it's going to be a really good game. Oh, yeah. And I'm expecting a full house like I like I covered earlier in the offensive section. Get loud when we need to. That'll, that can be a very big part of the game, you know. Uh, yeah, it definitely should be an electric atmosphere. I know kind of like, you know, that East St. Louis game except times 100, you know. That game, you know, they got pretty loud for that game. Definitely made a difference. So I think it should be like that, except, you know, majorly amplified. So it should be, you know, great atmosphere for everybody. Definitely home field advantage. And it, it should be a show for the fans. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't have a reason to cheer beforehand, if you didn't have a reason to get loud, you know, here's a good reason. We, we heard earlier in the year during that East St. Louis game how loud our fans were directly caused their team to struggle on offense they had a hard time hearing the cadence a hard time getting the calls you know if mckinley does run their offense where they're making calls at the line you know that's just one more great reason to get really loud if you can get an offensive lineman to blow an assignment because he didn't hear the call correctly you know that that can make or break a drive so you know let's use that home field advantage to its fullest yeah, it's uh, going to be an electric atmosphere, like you boys said. Uh, just quick housekeeping, you know, if you want to get hold of us, we're at the Black Swarm Pod uh, on Twitter, the Black Swarm Podcast on Facebook, the Black Swarm Podcast at gmail.com. I think we put it out there, but we've never really announced it on the show. We're on iTunes now. You can find us at the Black Swarm, one word there, podcast. And, you know, give us a like, subscribe, review, five stars, good reviews only. And, uh, you know, and tomorrow we'll have another very special guest to kind of round out the week and, uh, 
you know, march us into march us into Saturday. Yeah. So when it comes to you know finding us on iTunes uh, or subscribing on SoundCloud, uh, sometimes we get these episodes uploaded before we start publicly promoting them. So if you're one of the kind of people that stays up really late or you're awake really early. Uh, they might already be on there. We just haven't announced it yet. Uh, so that's definitely a benefit, you know, of checking us out uh, in your free time. Yeah, you know, with um, I think this week I've been scheduling them to be released at 4 a.m. in the morning, 4 a.m. on, you know, per day. And then uh, generally our normal release schedule is after we get it recorded, after I get it edited, I'll upload it and then go to bed. So it we're kind of varied. So if you actually subs- uh, yeah, subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes, you'll see it as soon as it's up, probably before we start promoting it. So with that, you know, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said on this. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. Uh, we'll be recording another one with a special guest. So we'll get released on Thursday. So get excited for that. Get excited for the game. A lot of big things happening this week. Uh, you know, have fun at the parade. Go to the Paul Brown Museum soft opening on Friday. It's only open this one day. It's a soft opening. You know, it's not going to be open until next year. So definitely go check it out before the parade starts uh, or after the parade. I'm not, I forget what the time frame is. I know it's open beforehand. Four to so, nine? Uh, so definitely check it out before the parade starts. Stay downtown for the parade. Stay for the bonfire after the parade. Wake up bright and early and, you know, get up to the stadium as soon as you can on Saturday. And we'll see everybody there. Uh, just our guest tomorrow. I'm expecting an electric interview. And uh, until then, go Tigers. Pete McKinley. T.I.G. Go Tigers.